0: Welcome to Magnified Abundance, the podcast dedicated to exploring the power of a growth mindset for business professionals and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Izzy Nally, a business growth strategist and a hypnotherapist, and I'm thrilled to be your guide on this journey of discovery, learning, and growth. Every week, I bring you inspiring, insightful interviews with successful business owners, professionals, and entrepreneurs as they share their stories of mindset shifts that have led to their success. Together, we'll explore what it takes to cultivate an abundant mindset, overcome the limiting beliefs, and achieve greater prosperity in both business and life. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired as we magnify abundance and achieve true success together. Let's get started. That helps me so that if I miss anything, I can go back and make sure I type it up. But yeah, so so what interested you about the post?
1: Your... So your desire to speak with people that are wealth-minded oriented and growth mindset oriented, and I just feel like I have gained a lot of knowledge and have a lot of experience now. So I'm like... My big, my inner giant is calling me to speak on stage eventually. And so I'm just trying to practice by capitalizing on, on as many interviews as I can to, you know, pre- hone on, on my skills and what I'm good at and what value I bring to people.
0: <laughs> so smart. I love it. Yes. Cause that is exactly, you will iron out by noticing what comes out of your mouth, what comes out of your heart. Um, And the more you find, oh, they ask these questions and these stories keep coming up or these key things keep coming up. That is essentially what you will craft into your message. Same, same for me. I'm like the, every time I speak, I think a book, a book called Talk Like Ted. Okay. And it's recommended. This guy did, I mean, just tons and tons of research on Ted talk on Ted speakers. Mm -hmm. And he analyzed what, what the messages were, what type of messages. And, and he says, you need to, you need to speak on something about a thousand times before you become an expert at it. Yep. And so people would like, start to like, check it off.
1: Okay. I'm like getting, getting close. I'm getting closer to my thousand. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been in insurance for 10 years and, and I feel like I continue to like, Hone in on what area I am designing to be that expert in, and the more that I hone in on where my expertise is, the better the conversations get, and the less I'm like, "This doesn't align. This doesn't align." <laughs> Perfect. So love that.
0: Shut my door. Got a little background noise. So, tell me, one of your journey. Like, where did you? where were you? And then what was kind of that like pivotal shift? And, and sometimes it's not like a, all at once, like uh, a lightning bolt kind of thing. It might be like the journey started and then how that journey just went on. Like, what are, what are some of the key things that you learned along the way too?
1: Well, uh, for me, I started as a teen mom. So being engulfed in poverty and all of the statistics stacked against me and my little baby really like that's that's my foundation right like I didn't come from educated people but I I was determined to not stay stagnant in the areas where I seen all of my people that I was looking up to for advice were staying right it was just like something there's like this glass ceiling that I seen everybody hitting and I'm like I don't want that to be my reality. how do i How do I prevent that from being my reality? Is this the reality that you chose? Did this happen to you? And then so I'm like, discovering and trying to survive with me, and my with me, and my oldest son, through all of that mayhem. Insurance kind of found me and really broke through to my next layer of mentors that were millionaires. And these millionaires were telling me that, that they had similar, you know, poverty starts and things like that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then it was like uh, this, this release of pressure where it's like, I don't have to have everything figured out right now. And just because I'm not seeing it in my immediate circle doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And then I just kind of clung to their advice and everyone in my business mentored mentorship has always said, it starts with your mindset. It starts with your mindset. And so I had to figure out how to shut off all of those negative, you know, voices of all of those self-sabotaging things. I started going to therapy and then I started writing down actually what it is that I wanted for that next season, right? And then after two years of writing things down and like, not just existing, but being intentional with my time and being able to go back at the end of the year and be like, oh my gosh, I did accomplish this oh my gosh, I did accomplish this. Right. And then being able to like, give myself grace on like, okay, I didn't accomplish these things, but I did make progress towards them. I'm going to go ahead and move them over to my list for the next year kind of thing. And then just being able to take inventory of my own life in that way was super, super empowering for me. And then probably, so I started my, I, I started as a small business owner of April, 2020, And during that time, I also was fighting my addict brother and his wife for custody of my niece and nephews. And so through that transition, I really started to focus on finding more like-minded and like-spirited people, because I'm like, if I am constantly being made to feel like the crazy person around crazies, then that's that's going to be the end of my story. So I was like, this that's not going to be my reality. So what do I need to do? Who do I need to get in front of to kind of get through this next glass ceiling? And then I just, Facebook. Facebook has been the greatest connector for me. <laughs> yeah, It's gotten me in so many different networking groups. And then through those networking groups, I just go in and I- i find my my people and then i kind of just foster those relationships and now that's so
0: true of like yes because really like how else would we know that different exists beyond our ecosystem if it wasn't for like social media yeah
1: yeah and and getting outside of you know the that normal like i feel like a lot of times we get lost in trying to fit in with our family and then if we don't then we're just the the black sheep and we're just going to be different and not have anybody and i'm just like i know God wants me to be in community with people. Like I thrive with people. I know that. And I'm like, I, so how do I thrive with people that want to thrive is kind of where I've just been trying to pursue and, and get to that next level. Uh, I still have, I feel like I still have a long ways to go and I still am kind of collecting my people and, and teaching myself and using resources to gain more knowledge on how to become better in that area.
0: I love that. I love that. And the way you articulated certain things, you can tell that you've really spent some time with this as well and really have done a lot of the self-work and analytics um, of your own mind. I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I kept hearing uh, on a podcast that I was listening to, no one's going to do it for you. No one's coming to save you. So like, I just those heard little, it, it just kind of, it, it gives you something to hold on to and then be able to grow from, I feel like.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, being a young mom, I I can relate to that. I, I wasn't a teen mom, but I was on the verge and my parents were teen parents. So they didn't know what to do because they didn't have any opportunities. They were still just in survival mode. So that being said, like, what is it that your parents taught you about money and how did you have to override that programming?
1: Oh, so I had... I had two very different spectrums. So my dad was a a business owner. He was a contractor. So it was like, we didn't have any money. We didn't have any money. And then we just finished a really big job and we have gobs of money, right? And now we're like, just living our best life, right? Until the money runs out. And then it's like, oh, back to square one. Now the cycle continues, right? And so I seen that side with my dad. Uh, And then with my mom, she has always been a little bit more saver, a little bit more secure. She's more of a saver, but she doesn't communicate on good things to do with your money versus bad things to do with your money. It's just like she is a person that loves to save people when they're in distress. And so like she will save and save and save. And then if someone comes to her with a financial situation, then she's like, here, I can help you right? And oh. then so it's not a lot of, so her heart is in the right spot. I, I believe that she's got a great heart. Um, but there's not a lot of discipline or expectation with money, right? And so I have really had to teach myself to be frugal, but also responsible. And, and I did, I based on networking events that I put myself in, I learned about velocity banking, and then like the 30% rule on credit Learned that through a friend. So my parents, my parents were high school dropouts. They didn't have any kind of financial literacy at all. And so I learned from their shortcomings.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, it sounds like I I like that you mentioned that, that financial literacy, because I think a lot of people avoid that. Um, They seem like it seems really daunting rather than empowering. And they just kind of steer clear of anything money. Cause it's like, I'm not good with it. And I'm just going to wish it into existence and, but I'm not going to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you really, you dove in, you, you had the mentors, which ex- is extremely helpful, but just because you have mentors doesn't mean that they're just going to give you the knowledge and it doesn't mean that you have to implement it. Right. So yeah. you soaked it up and you Applied it, you took that action as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, so I am a huge action taker and problem solver, right? Like, so, like, I can. I can pinpoint the problems. And so once I penetrate the problem, I'm like, okay, what are the solutions? What options do we have? And I'm I'm the type of person where I'm like, I don't think that there's just one option. I think that there's multiple options. And so I'm like, okay, well, show me all of the options, right? So I like getting I like getting feedback from different Mindsets, And then being like, okay, well, these are my options. These are what other people have done and been successful in which one speaks to me the most. And I'm going to try that. And then after trying it for a while, if it's working great, I'll keep doing it. If it's not working for me, then I'm like, okay, how do we, how do I adjust? How do I make it better? I'm always searching for how to make whatever it is that I'm working on better. (laughs) Yes.
0: I love that. Yes. Cause there is no one size fits all. And mm-hmm. you do, you have to be willing to play. You have to be willing to play and try and just explore and not be like so attached to an outcome. It's just growth, right? Yeah. It's just yeah. saying like, I'm just going to figure this out. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to be
1: stopped. Yeah. I'm going to keep yeah. going. Yeah.
0: For I sure. Love that. I love that. So, so you have how many kiddos?
1: So I have two boys. I have my oldest will be 15 in May. And then my youngest just turned 12 last month.
0: Okay. Awesome. Yeah. My oldest is 14. My youngest is one.
1: Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Bless your heart.
0: (laughs) I have 14, 10, and then I started over one.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Were you, did you plan that or was it a surprise?
0: No, we did. We planned. The first two were not planned but you know of course beautiful surprises this one though it was like I, I got remarried and I was like you know I'm getting closer in age I probably should have more babies before I get too much older
1: gotcha okay love that so you you knew that you wanted more
0: I did yeah yeah gotcha
1: that's awesome <laughs> and it's, it's
0: so different you know being in your early twenties and then now being in thirties, having a kiddo, it's totally different. So much more laid back. And then too, like I've done all this growth since then. Right? Yeah. It's that extra
1: help that you didn't have when you were in your twenties, right? Like having teenagers is is pretty decent and and nice when it comes to like needing quick assistance.
0: (laughs) Yes, yeah, for sure it's like oh I can go take a shower or go to the bathroom and you're like watch them for a minute yes so yeah so, so how are your kids with money
1: so I kind of am trying to teach them to be disciplined um have you have you heard of the Robert Kiyosaki rich dad poor dad yes Okay, so I've read that book, and then actually I host an event every Tuesday night, a game night every Tuesday night here in Parkville, where we just get together and we play that board game. I have like four board games of cash flow, and so I host that every Tuesday night with my boyfriend. So my kids play that game with us, so they know what an expense is, they know what a liability is, they know what a doodad is, and my oldest has had a his own checking account since he was... He's, 14 now so since he was I think 11 so I made so I kind of did a gradual plan with them as well where it was like I am not putting my credit card on your xbox okay if you want if you (laughs) spend money on things that you're never gonna hold you have to be responsible for that and so I made him so the goal first goal was make a hundred dollars and save a hundred dollars in cash. Once you do that, then I will take you to the bank, the credit union, and I will get you your own card. And then it is up to you to make sure that you're managing that balance, not overdrawing your account and you're saving a certain percentage and you're putting a certain percentage in your checking account to be able to spend on whatever you want. So that's kind of how we've been doing it for the last few years. Now I will say, his discipline is not there yet. He, it's
0: an age thing.
1: (laughs) Right. So he's very, I, we call him my, my drip queen king. So he is a student athlete. And so he is constantly thinking that he needs like a new ski mask or new armband or like just the most ridiculous unnecessary accessories. Okay. That's, that's his like love language right now. And so like his dad and I will, will buy a couple of doodads right but then it's like okay we're not buying anymore we've bought
0: Uh oh you want on mute you're no i can't hear you oh there we oh, go
1: did you... okay so like we set boundaries on that and then so he's has the ability to he has his own amazon prime account he orders his own stuff um we just make sure that he kind of doesn't overdraw us account because we don't want to be responsible for that. Sure. So that's kind of how we manage those responsibilities. And at this point, because he's been playing cash flow with us for so long, it's a running joke. Like every time we get something in the mail, it's like, oh, how much was that doodad Hayden? <laughs> and so now, now it's like, that. yeah, so we're making him think about it in a different way. Like, yeah, it makes you feel good to have that drip right now. But like, what is that preventing you from getting to in the (laughs) long-term?
0: Yes. And I think that is such an important lesson to provide our children at such a young age. But that's also, I think, something so common for most of us. Like, It's so easy to order a little something on Amazon here and just say yes to a late night shopping on this. And really, it's like, if you have a financial goal, That's going to get you like double, (laughs) but you just keep delaying it for these instant gratifications. I think that's something super important that we don't talk about enough, especially as women. You know, as men, there's a lot of financial stuff that they will talk about. And it's like, you know, withhold so that you can get to these other milestones. But as women, we tend to talk about how, like, we don't need to, we need to. Get whatever we want all the time and we can still have everything else and that's true to a certain extent but yeah as you are mentioning, like there's a lot of little things that we don't need that only mm-hmm. weigh us down
1: yeah yeah and so like I I live very minimally like that's that's what makes me happy right being able to live minimally and have money in the bank to be able to go and make those larger purchases that's what that's what speaks to my soul and so I'm just trying to like feed them little nuggets along the way and and let them know why we're not going out to eat every night or why we're not going out to spend hundreds of dollars every weekend and like giving enlightening them on what the expenses look like to kind of empower them that way because that was not a conversation that was being had with me like I think that if people would have had more conversations with me as a teenager about how my teenage years are going to affect my twenties and my thirties and my forties, I would have been more diligent and and less carefree. So I'm just trying to keep them grounded in a little bit of adult knowledge to keep them on the right path.
0: (laughs) It's so beautiful. I know I have this talk with my kids a lot too. And I'm like, you know, when I was in high school, I spent so much money getting my hair done like every month And I was like, and I had nothing to show for it. Like literally you chop it off and wash it down the drain. Same with makeup, right? Yeah. I'm like, if I would have saved that money, I could have, you know, bought a duplex and I could have been living in one side and renting out the other. And I I like go through all these scenarios and they're like, mom, you're really smart. I just wouldn't think about things like that. And I'm like, that's why I'm telling you, I'm feeding you the knowledge. (laughs)
1: I'm giving you things that your immature brain couldn't tell you and I didn't figure out in my immature brain stages and now that I got it I'm I you need to have it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and I'm always so impressed when I see these younger people make these decisions but I think a lot of it comes from is yeah like what cards were you dealt and how did you have to overcome like totally can relate to you were saying about how your dad would get money, spend money, get done. My mom did the same thing. She was in the construction construction industry as well. And like, yeah. she's still, she is unable to retire. She is still just busting her butt waitressing and she refuses to change her money habits. And I'm like, and so she's putting it on me to have to take care of her essentially versus yeah. my dad was very money savvy He was always taking a lot of business risks. And now I ironically live right next door to my dad and my dad's gotten into stock and like, he's just like doing day trades and all this other stuff, but he's a risk taker uh, and it's worked for him. But there's definitely that he's had to keep educating himself, constantly Mm -hmm. educating and keep learning and taking playful risk as well and not getting not getting too attached So, so let me ask you you mentioned rich dad poor dad is there any other like key books or maybe it was talks that you attended or podcasts or anything that really kind of guided you along the way
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Les Brown and Jim Rowan, them guys were like the start of my mental change. And I sat second row to Les Brown speaking here in Kansas City. Probably my my youngest is 12 now. He was three at the time. So nine years ago. So it is when I first like seen a motivational speaker and like really connected with them. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed, I'm supposed to be up there. Like I'm going to do that one day. And so like experiencing that. And then after Jim Rowe and Les Brown, uh, after I started dabbling in them, um, I got really hooked on um, Gary Vanderchuk. He's got, do you, are you familiar with him?
0: Heard the name. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So he's got like five business books. I own all of them. I've read all of them. He's actually on my wall to meet and shake hands with one day. And then also Tony Robbins mm-hmm. He had a, a really great financial book that I had put out into the universe that I wanted. And then somebody from church actually got it for me for my birthday, probably five years ago. And mm-hmm. so I read that. And so those were kind of the things and the, and now like right now I'm reading big money energy by, are you familiar with that yes. book? Okay. So that's what I'm reading right now. I, I love learning and I'm, I, I want to learn. I want to, take in information that is going to make me a better person yeah so that's kind
0: of enhanced human stephanie
1: (laughs) 4.0 right exactly i taught i for years now i have been talking about how i can't wait to meet this future version of myself so that's kind of just where i'm headed towards and what i'm trying to work on
0: (laughs) i love that so much yeah i a big pivot that happened to me maybe like three years ago of course it was just on the path of this journey I had come across a listing for this like two million dollar house and it was like actually in my town and I was like what like I didn't even know at the time I was like there's there's multi-million dollar houses in our city like where are these at I haven't seen them and I started like going through you you could do like the virtual tours of these houses and stuff and I'm like what would it feel to live in this house? And I'm like, I started sort of met, like it really started consuming my mind and I was like meditating on it. And I would like do these meditations after yoga. And I would sit there and imagine myself like waking up in this bed and the view. And and then I was like, the the guy I was dating at the time, I was like, could he wake up in a bed like that with me? Like, could he support the energy that it would require to- Buy a house like that and hold a house like that, be able to maintain it. And I was like, no, he would not. Okay, he needs to go. Uh, <laughs> and then I like kept imagining myself like, how would I cook? How would I eat in this house? How would I play? Like, what type of person would I really have to be and show up to be to be at that level? Ironically, the house that I ended up purchasing is right down the street from this house. Of course, it's sold, but. <laughs> But I'm like, I drive past it like all the time now. And I'm going, you really don't like that house. Like, I'm really glad <laughs> I didn't get that one. Because I'm like, I need something so much better and a better location and not on a hill and I'm like windows. There's so many windows, but it was gorgeous. But at the same time, seeing it, you're like, you could not walk naked in that house. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many different techniques, I think, yeah, people are always asking, like, "Oh, well, what's the what's the magic recipe to get yourself into wealth mindset?"
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it's just being open. Uh, we talked about growth mindset. I think it's just being open and being ready to receive. And like you mentioned, like, there's a book I want. I want to keep learning, and the book shows
1: up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I truly believe that manifestation is a real thing, and if we if we meditate on it and we write it down and we put our energy towards it, the universe wants us to have that.
0: Yeah, I was actually I was listening to a talk today, and I'd heard this before, but it just it sparked something a little different. You know, hear things just a slightly different way, and it just resonates a little bit clearer, and. She was really into some like witchy stuff, but she said something and she was like, she's like, I wrote, I did, hosted this workshop about spell writing. And she's like, no one writes spells anymore. You look at the word spell, it's spelling. That means you got something in your mind, you write it down and then you say it. Like, yeah, that's what it is. And I was like, that's so true. Like, isn't it? Like we take something out of our brain a thought and we write it onto paper and suddenly we just took something that didn't exist in this physical reality and we made it physically exist. Yeah. And then we take it from physical existence into speaking it and we give it a vibration. We Mm -hmm. give it even more, we give it motion, right? Like vibration is motion and then we're, we're calling it into
1: action. Yeah. Yeah, I just recently had one of those uh, moments with money, right? So like, I had, a, I have a lot of inner tension about getting to a certain point in my success, and then it like something happening to me and be, my parents' reality becoming my reality, and how they had these successful businesses, they were doing the things, and then not doing the right things, and it just, I just watched it like the House of Cards just. Fall in on itself. Right. And so I keep, I kept having this, ha- battling this fear of if I make too much money, then it's, it's going to, my collapse is going to come soon. Yeah. And so I had to like rewire that. And I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about money. And the guy on there was like, You have to you have to frame in your mind that money is love. And when you are when you receive money, you are receiving love. And the more that you are going to be a steward with this money and do what is in in, you're supposed to do, the more love you will receive as far as money, right? So I just wrote down that money is love and I deserve love, right? Yeah. So like I just have continued to have that mantra and for the last three months of my business, I've, I've brought in more revenue than I have for the last two years, two and a half years on a monthly basis, right? Like in the last two and a half years, I've bought, I've brought in more money than I ever did as, as a producer for someone else's business. But I really noticed the shift in my financial once I decided that I wasn't going to be afraid of the larger numbers.
0: Yeah. Well, that it's such a good point. Like being afraid of love. I see so many people, they get overwhelmed with too much love.
1: Mm-hmm. And yes,
0: if you get overwhelmed with too much love, you're probably going to get overwhelmed with too much money because it is, it's just energy. It's just an energy exchange. And it's like, are you allowing your cup to be big enough to hold all this love?
1: Um, right. So
0: keep ourselves in survival mode and we restrict or I say constriction versus expansion, like which one you want to be in because a constricted cup can't hold very much. Right. A cup can hold a whole lot.
1: Yeah, I love that analogy.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and really it does, it comes down to, it's like two emotions, right? Fear, love. Everything stems from those two emotions. And it's mm-hmm. the expansiveness or the constricted. It's, yep. As you mentioned, is it survival or thrive? yeah like yeah and collecting people that are in thrive energy and that want thrive and that even you know we still sometimes have a little constriction that happens but if we're surrounded by people who are going hey that's not a thrive thing and you're like oh yeah it's not okay yeah yeah (laughs) yeah because each other
1: to hold ourselves accountable to our own mental thought process, right? And if we don't have outside sources it helping us expand or get out of that kind of flow, then we don't we don't get out of it or it takes us longer to get out of it, I should say. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and just as you mentioned at the beginning too, because like if you're in an environment and you're like doing one of those constrictive habits and you're like, you've had a th- survival thought, they're going to be like, oh, well, that's normal for us. Yeah, those are okay. Keep having those. It's okay. Yep. Versus going, whoa, but you normally don't think that way. You shouldn't think that way. Keep being you. That doesn't happen.
1: Yeah. No, it does not. So let's just kind of summarize
0: some of these core nuggets that I think you really hit. Like being in an environment and finding your people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, and-
1: being willing to get out of your comfort zone to go put yourself in those places like I I was actually telling my boyfriend about this the other day where when I first started going to networking events I had to set a goal it was receive five cards get five cards and once I once I reached that goal I was out because I had so much social anxiety I could not handle being in there longer than what it took to get to my goal
0: and look at you now
1: right (laughs) And it
0: does, like we do, we have to build up a tolerance. And that was another comment that I really love that you made. It was like that realization that I don't have to have it all figured out right now. Like, I just need to get enough and kind of chew it, digest it, and then get a little bit more and then chew, digest. And it's like, we become more nourished the more we keep taking these bites. Yes. And not letting ourselves get overwhelmed with it as we all know like after a big thanksgiving meal we don't digest very well we digest a lot better with smaller bites and you know kind of chewing on it letting ourselves taste it letting ourselves feel it and and progressing you mentioned having mentors reading books podcasts like going to made motivational talks i see this as a common trend with most people that have entered this new level of wealth mindset like You just keep feeding yourself what it is that you want to fill
1: yourself up with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that people get caught up in what prevents them is the BCD, um, blaming, complaining, and defending. So blaming someone else, um, defending your bad behavior, BCD, blaming, complaining, and defending. So blaming someone else, defending your bad behavior, and then not complaining about the circumstance, right? And not taking any action to solve the problem. I learned that in in the book Above the Line. Uh, We didn't talk about that one, but that's another great, it's written by a football coach, but it's the culture that he built with the football team to get them to the championship. And so it really breaks down the levels of your mindset that you have to get over to allow yourself to get to that next step. Yeah, and I definitely see that
0: too. A lot of my clients that are wanting to make more money, they they're committed. They're coming in. They have to keep stopping, and I'm going. We're blaming. We're complaining. We're saying like I can't have this until I do that. This and like they say they feel stuck in waiting. I'm like yes, because you've put yourself in limbo, and we've got to pull ourselves out. And yeah, it's really yes yeah, shedding. Like taking off the blame, complain layers.
1: Yes. Yeah. Accountability is a real hard thing for a lot of people.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. And I am one. I'll be like, nope, stop. I'm hearing. I can't hear that. We're not going to get anywhere with that kind of thinking.
1: Yeah. 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 And I'm super sensitive. So when it comes to like people telling me how I can be better, I have to really check myself mentally and emotionally because I'm so sensitive. And then it's like, okay, don't take this personally and get a bad attitude about it. Stephanie, like absorb this, figure out what they're saying. That's constructive and, and, and see their intent on trying to help you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See me, I've built up this like hard layer of armor. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. But I think I've done that too. Cause I, a lot of us are empathic, right. And we don't fully understand that. And so I love that you mentioned that, like being sensitive where it's like, you just feel it a lot, um, and how to cope with that and how to shift and transform that into something positive. Um, because it can, it can, feel like a dagger
1: coming at you sometimes yeah I always uh relate it to carrying like bricks in a backpack like it just the more that I the more that I take on and and don't accept and like work through them and just adding bricks to my backpack and I don't want to carry around bricks (laughs) yeah yeah
0: yes I love that because there's a, a metaphor that I've heard before that's Nhat Han. I, I like I like his books a lot. And he talks about these two monks. It's an old monk and a young monk, and they're coming up to a river, and there's this little old lady, and she needs to get across the river, but she needs help. And they've sworn a vow to never touch a woman. Well, the old monk goes over and throws her over his shoulder and walks across the river and puts her down. And the young monk is just like, livid. He's like, "I can't believe you just broke your vow. Like, I can't believe you did this. Like, you got to explain this and they're walking and he just keeps going, keeps going. The old monk doesn't say a thing. And then finally he just goes, I put that old woman down way back there. I don't know why you're still carrying her.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Love that. Yeah. And it's so true
0: because like these attachments, these worries, these just, like letting things eat you up. I see that block a lot of people.
1: Hmm. Yeah, me too.
0: Yeah. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for today. Like, I really loved hearing your journey and how much you how you explained it and articulated. I definitely think, like you, you mentioned wanting to be a motivational speaker and speak about these things. I think you de- you definitely got it, girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you for the opportunity to grow in that arena and and putting yourself out there and inviting people to come and talk to you. So what is what is your ultimate goal in in running these interviews?
0: Yeah, so I am writing a book, I'm writing three books actually, but I've just really been called to really share this the real story. I feel like so many of these manifestation and money mindset books they're like singularly telling a story. Mhm. And they really aren't looking at this collective of people and what are these commonalities and really looking at all these different stories that are occurring. So I'm writing this book and I want to include people's stories. And, you know, if someone's wanting to be a speaker or they have their own business, I want to give them the credit in that book so that, because I, I know me personally, like I'm a, I'm also a book reader, And I read these books and I'm like, I hear a quote or something and they reference someone and then I'm like, going, and I'm like, who's this person? Or I'm like, what's that book? Um, And I have such a heart of collaboration. I was really shocked when I started my first business. It was in yoga and meditation. And I was shocked by how much competition and scarcity mindset was happening in an industry where we were supposed to be teaching abundance and spirituality. Yeah, And it really like messed with me to a point where I was like, I have got to figure out a way to teach on this. And so I really started teaching abundant mindset, teaching on scarcity and survival. And I ended up becoming a therapist and doing hypnotherapy and yoga therapy and all of this. And even when I was teaching it, it still wasn't reaching enough people. And so I ended up going back and getting my MBA and learning business and starting my own consulting business within that and finding that was really the industry where I was, a lot of people were lacking. They were like on this verge, they had these beautiful ideas, but they were still stuck in scarcity. Uh, And I was like, okay, here's my mission. (laughs) I need to show people because the best way is always to lead by example. Uh-huh. I need to show people that we can collaborate, that there is enough to go around for everyone. That in fact, we can both be teaching the exact same thing and collaborate and someone might buy both of our books. <laughs> like there's enough to go around. We do not need to be stuck in scarcity. Like abundance never runs out. Yes. So that's my mission. I really want to share that I don't feel like there's enough business books that are teaching abundance with the science background with the spiritual background all combined and saying like here we are. Let's let's change things up.
1: Yeah. That's fantastic. I love that. I love that we've met. And so what what part of town are you in?
0: I am in Kentucky.
1: Oh, okay. So you're in a completely different state. Got it. I am,
0: which I love because, like, I have these groups and I get to meet people from all over the US. I've met people from all over the world. I've had clients in Spain and France, and it's amazing.
1: That's so fantastic. Okay. So my, in my desire to be on stage, my ultimate calling is to have freedom of my time. And so you are the second person in two weeks that I have been connected with that is living their life with freedom of their time. The lawyer that I was connected with two weeks ago, she services Kansas and Missouri for her practice, but she lives in Mexico. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so fantastic to me. Like I, once my kids graduate, I don't wanna be tied to a single location for more than a month at a time. Like that's just where my spirit is. And I wanna be able to connect and like build a community like this all over the world. And it's like, it's happening before my eyes and I I haven't even like start to like put together like my ideal process or anything. <laughs> Yeah. It's, I
0: mean, it's really like, it's, it's, it's listening to your gut. It's listening to your intuition. It's, it's jumping at opportunities. I've found when that opportunity comes into my mind of this thing I need to create. And if I don't listen to it, it's like six months later, I'm
1: like, shit, why didn't I do that? It so it's like, like I've, this, tick in your brain. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I've that- learned, I'm like, I just have to listen to it. I have to jump on it. So that's where I was like, it sounds crazy to be writing three books at one time. But I was like, well, this one, I have to interview people and pull these stories together and really like consolidate this clear message that so many people need to share. And then my other one is my Million Maker Business Blueprint. And then I've got my Manifestation book that's
1: about halfway done too. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, keep me in the loop uh, on how your progress is going and how I can bring you value.
0: For sure. I will. I I appreciate this. And yes, we will be in touch for sure.
1: Okay. That sounds great. Do you need anything else from me right now? No, that's it. Okay, perfect. Well, good luck with everything. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Magnified Abundance. We hope that you found inspiration and valuable insights from our guests' journeys towards success and their mindset shifts. Remember, cultivating an abundant mindset is a continuous journey, so apply the lessons that you've learned here today in your own life and business and embrace the power of growth and abundance. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to Magnified Abundance on your favorite podcast platform so that you'll never miss an empowering conversation. And don't forget to leave us a review, share the podcast with a fellow professional entrepreneur or someone who you think can benefit from magnifying their abundance. And then stay connected with us on social media, where we share additional resources, quotes, and updates to keep you motivated on your path to success. You can find us on Instagram at Magnified Abundance. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening to Magnified Abundance. And remember, when you embrace an abundant mindset, possibilities become limitless. Keep magnifying your abundance and watch your success soar. Until next time, stay motivated. Stay focused, stay abundant.